and welcome to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Cousins from under center, straight drop, it's another deep shot, center of the field, on the run, 2015-10, touchdown! Welcome to Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. Well, Kirk, how, how disheartening is it to be sitting here with one game left in the season on the outside looking in in the postseason as opposed to where you were a year ago at this time? It is disappointing uh, to officially be out of playoff contention. Um, you know, you work so hard all season and uh, we had fought, you know, from a one and five start to get back to six and six and felt like we, you know, had a great chance. But, um, you know, the last three weeks now uh, to lose three in a row, um, you know, we, we played ourselves out of out of uh, the opportunity. So uh, it's disappointing right now. And, um, you know, we still need to finish strong. To spend some time on uh, on the Saints game on Christmas Day, it, it appeared, uh, I don't know if you felt that way, that given the circumstances that you were going to have to score in almost every possession, I mean touchdowns, not field goals. Did it, did it feel that way that the, as the game wore on? Well, we you always, when you play the Saints, going back several years now, many times you go into the game knowing you need to be aggressive. Uh, you can't play not to lose. You have to play to win against the Saints because they tend to uh, score points. And if they don't score points early, they'll usually figure out a way in the second half. So mm-hmm. um, you, you're, you're aware of that, ready for that. But, uh, um, you know, you certainly feel the – the uh, effect of missing a throw on a third down or not staying on the field because you have a missed block or a misplay, it does catch up to you faster against those guys. And, um, you know, we were, we were five for five in the red zone. And usually when you see five for five in the red zone, you think what a great day. Um, but you know, that it wasn't enough. And when you see we were three for nine on third down, that also mm-hmm. then tells a story a little more. So when you leave plays out there against the saints, it does come back to bite you. Among the bright spots has been the continuing emergence of tight end Irv Smith Jr. He got healthy and, and productive. As you look at his uh, his body of work this season, what comes to mind? Because he seems to be a guy that you could really rely on as the season progressed. Yeah, he did a great job showing up for us in the red zone uh, against the Saints. Had two big touchdowns and mm-hmm. could have had a third. I gave him a hard time for not getting a third touchdown when we uh, they, the Saints blitzed in our two-minute drill. And I checked it down to him and he made a guy miss and uh, almost dove at the goal line to get in. So um, uh, he almost had three, which would be an incredible day. But uh, he, he has started to uh, continue to take steps in his career. Um, you know, he's at the tight end position, we ask a lot of these guys. They're going to run routes like receivers. They're also going to block like offensive linemen and kind of do everything in between. And both he and Tyler Conklin have done a great job stepping up mm-hmm. in, in Kyle's absence the last few weeks. And uh, that's been great to see. Kirk, we take a step back. It looks like there's been a continuing issue of uh, missing out on some scoring opportunities in the final minutes of the first half. I don't know if there's a, a constant thread in that or the frustration that you've sensed that you want to get corrected as you move into the next season. Yes, as we look ahead, uh, that's something you know we want to do better. Um, you know, points before the half are big, and preferably touchdowns, not field goals. And um, uh, you know, we had a little communication breakdown with the headset. Um, against New Orleans and it, it lost us some precious seconds and um, we kind of stalled near midfield. So we'll get that fixed, but uh, you know, certainly another part of the game against New Orleans where to keep up with them, you know, you want to be able to steal some points at, at the uh, end of the half when we weren't able to do that. Well, when you say uh, there's headset malfunction, is that self-inflicted from the, from the team standpoint, or is that a something that 
that's kind of an odd thing to happen. You go, well, should that really count? I mean, could they not fix that? Is that something that's up to the Vikings or whatever team it happens to? Yeah, I don't understand the tech enough, but um, I just know that I, I wasn't getting the play. And and then, huh. uh, uh, and that's where, you know, I, I can, I need to, you know, we need to talk about being able to just, you know, then get a play call. You know, if you're not getting a play, then then get one dialed up and let's go. Right. As opposed to waiting for it. So uh, those are the things that we can talk about and fix and improve upon, certainly. Well, you know, it was a 31-27 game. People look at the final score uh, when you threw that second touchdown pass to Irv Smith Jr. So you had a feel you were still in this football game, given you know the back and forth ping pong feel to it. But the Vikings were only down by four points at that point. Oh, very much so. And, you know, anything can happen with the turnovers that our defense had created. And there were a couple other moments where we, you know, almost had an interception and didn't. Uh, you knew that at any point the game can turn. And we've talked all season about how the next play can be the play that the game turns on. So you just keep playing. And when you're within four points, certainly in the second half, you feel like you're right there. And um, it wasn't until maybe the last, I don't know, last two drives we had where it felt like it started to get out of reach simply because we were running out of time. But prior to that, through the third and fourth quarter, I think we felt like we were within striking distance. Well, Kirk, if you look at this uh, offense from uh, the, the first game against Green Bay, the one and five start, how it's progressed, uh, what's pleased you and what's disappointed you if you take a step back, even with the one game left to go? Well, I think you look at the year that Dalvin had at running back. I think that's elite. Um, and again, there's still more to go. Hopefully we can get his production to where, uh, you know, he can finish with a pretty special year statistically. Um, you know, he'll be going to the Pro Bowl and, and deservedly so. Um, what he did this year, has done this year, uh, will be something that I think a lot of running backs here with the Vikings will be looking up to for a long time. So uh, that's certainly a positive. Um, and that's not just Allen. That involves our offensive line. Our Everybody blocks for him. And then you think about our coaches and the schemes they put together week in and week out to help him. And, um, uh, you know, I think the emergence of Justin Jefferson was an enormous positive anytime you – draft somebody in the first round, you're hoping for big things and to look back and see that uh, he, he in fact is a, an elite player in this league. And um, you know, he's just going to improve from where he already is and kind of come into his own. That's really exciting. And um, you know, to see Adam have another great year, uh, I think is a real positive as well. He's not slowing down anytime soon. Um, so you got those two guys outside and um, I, I also think that just the development further of seeing Chad Beebe come along and mm -hmm. Olivier Johnson and, um, you know, some of these younger receivers who in the past had just been really showing it in practice uh, to be able to kind of show it again in games and show that we can count on them and, and uh, really lean on them, I think says a lot. Um, you know, I thought Riley Reef has had a phenomenal year at left tackle. I think he's really taken a big step as a player. Uh, you know, he and I came in the same year into this league. And so now after nine years, I think he's playing as good a football as he's ever played. And that says a lot about him. So I could go on and on. There's so many positives. Um, it's just got to come down to wins and losses. Right. And, you know, in those close moments, we got to find a way to win uh, at the end of the games. Your offensive coordinator, speaking of Riley Reef, uh, Gary Kubiak said earlier this week that uh, he's never, he's not quite sure he's ever been around someone more professional than Riley. We know he has some contract issues early on. He came in, did not miss a snap this year. And the context of the, the offensive line uh, pros and cons, uh, that says something about the, his professionalism, does it not? Certainly. Uh, he, he And not only not miss a snap in games, but practice. I mean, he's been there every single day, working hard at practice. Uh, he's not someone who's taking Wednesdays off. And um, he sets a great example for our entire offensive line room. And a lot of young players, when they come into this league, they look at, 
who the veteran is at their position group and follow his example. And in the case of our offensive line, that's a really good thing because when you come into this league and you say, okay, who's the guy who's been here the longest and, and done it at a high level, that's Riley. And if you follow what, what he does, listen to what he says, it's going to make you a better player. And uh, he's just so good for our line, so good for our locker room. And, um, you know, he was a real positive all season long for us. Uh, the other thing, uh, offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak said, speaking of you, he said he thought you did a better job of his and his words of kind of the off schedule completions that he, he, he thought you, you really improved in that area. And in your now eighth, ninth year in the NFL, that you're really kind of hitting your peak and your prime of your career. Do you feel that way? Well, I just think that the longer I play, the more it continues to click. And uh, it's interesting because you think after starting 100 games that, you know, basically now it's just all downhill from here or you just plateau. But the reality is I think you keep getting better. I think uh, this year I took another step in terms of uh, making a few more plays that maybe, quote, unquote, weren't there at the start of the play, but you you keep the play alive and make something happen. Um, so I think that's a positive. But uh, – uh, I'm going to be looking to improve again this offseason. I'm going to go back and say, you know, um, like talking about the communication at the end of the half against New Orleans, you know, hey, how can I be better in that moment and, uh, you know, keep learning and, and keep kind of trying to, um, you know, take our offense to another level with the way that I can play, uh, being that the ball's in my hands so many times. I mentioned uh, the one and five start. Anything in, in retrospect, if you look at the team, you would have done differently in the context of COVID. The obstacles that the Vikings and every team had to deal with, uh, the absence of mini camp, anything else to the injuries on defense, which you could not prevent, uh, that could change the complexion of the early part of the season. You look back at the body of work the team had and, and going forward and, and, and how you had to deal with all that. Well, you do have plays. I mean, there's plays that make you sick to this day that you look back on. <laughs> I think of the Titans game and I think of uh, the Seahawks game and just. In, you know, individual decisions that I make at the quarterback position, I even think of this past week against the Saints that you just, you beat yourself up for because you know that, uh, man, if we had completed that pass or not turned it over there or, or whatever it may be, or, you know, scored a touchdown instead of kicked a field goal, you know, and sometimes having to kick a field goal is because the ball was one foot too far away from where it needed to be. So you go back and you point to all those plays and, and they do kind of eat at you. And that's why it's so important when the season ends to go back and watch the whole season and go through it and really, look at it with a critical eye and say, okay, what are the repeating mistakes, the recurring things, not just one-off, but what are the pieces that we can really get better at because they're showing up over and over and we have to correct them. And so, um, you know, and we certainly had a few of those really in the season when you start one and five. Um, but, you know, it was great to be able to kind of hit our stride there mid-year, um, start to find something with some of our younger players. And uh, you trust it you know, with, with uh, bringing a lot of those guys back that you'll be that much better in, in the upcoming year. Uh, there's such a fine line in the NFL, as you well know, between winning and losing uh, a play here, a play there, as you've talked about, but is there a particular game or two that does, as you say, stick in your craw? I think of the Seattle game yeah. when you had three fourth down situations that right. when you outplayed them in Seattle against a team that could very well end up in the Super Bowl, uh, you went into Green Bay and you beat the Packers. So there's some pluses as well, but couple of those games, Tennessee game, the Dallas game, the Atlanta game, those are the ones that kind of go, especially at home. Uh, that was the thing that probably struck everyone, understanding there were no fans. But is that the stuff that kind of eats at you a little bit more? I do think that the Tennessee game, the Seattle game, and the Dallas game were games where you can point at multiple times where one play, you know, really could have been a difference in a win or a loss. And you always have to acknowledge that there were several wins throughout the year that one play you could point yeah. to as a difference between that win becoming a loss. So it, it goes both ways. Uh, you know, they had a really good year, 
sometimes you need those breaks to fall your way more often than not. But uh, I think those three games specifically come to mind as ones that you felt like, you know, we're right there for the taking and we didn't get it done. And, um, you know, that's, that's where the word frustration keeps coming up. You're at 32 touchdown passes and counting. Uh, you have one more game to go. Does that statistic, does that high uh, mark mean something to you personally, or does it kind of get lost in the context of uh, the, the totality of the season? Well, I just think it's so important when you evaluate yourself, when others evaluate you, to look at the whole picture. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can get fixated on one stat, good or bad. But uh, what you really want to do is watch the film, look at the whole picture, and uh, and certainly you know that can give you a a, a piece of information. But mm-hmm. in and of itself, it shouldn't you know tell the story. I, I I do think that the success there, you know, I haven't thrown 32 touchdown passes in a season before, so. For me, that that is a a positive, but I think a lot of that goes back to our coaches. And when you think it, you look at some of those plays and the throws. You know, it's down inside the five yard line. It's you know tight red zone throws where you know the coaches are scheming up these plays and designing these plays uh, every single week at the end of the week, and people are coming open. And I think you know Adam Thielen's been the benefit beneficiary in a lot of those. And um, uh, you know, it's great design by our coaches that put us in a great position to be able to do that and uh, and you know throw over thirty touchdowns. Kirk, I don't have to keep prefacing by saying you still have one more game to go, but uh, you took some shots this year, and uh, your durability speaks for itself. How proud are you of that fact that you able to line up every Sunday, keep competing at a high level, and uh, you must be doing something right with your conditioning, eating, uh, whatever doing, it's working for you. Yeah, with one game to go, you're just kind of saying, hey, one day at a time, one game at a time. Um, we certainly are praying a lot, asking for protection, um, and I believe that you know those prayers have been answered, but at the same time, um, you know, you're, you're one play away, one, one hit away. So you also know that your, your um, vulnerability, if you will. And as a result, you have to play smart and you have to get rid of the football and, you know, not ask for those hits and try to, uh, you know, understand your limitations too, to some degree. Um, But um, you know, like I said, with one game to go, we got to finish the season strong. I think also the great ones, the ones who wrote the the quarterbacks, you look around the league, have that certain feel like, uh, like great hockey, they know how to take a shot. They kind of have the unawareness. Has that improved over the years? Kind of an, an awareness of where the defensive players are and how to how to fall the right way, how to take care of yourself when when you're about to get hit. Well, I, I think the sense of the game does come by playing the game, and it's hard to pick that up as a quarterback wearing a red jersey in practice. And so, yeah. there's nothing quite like real game reps to start to develop a feel for the game and how it's played and the rush. And you know, you have to feel the rush. You can't look at the rush. So. Um, those are all really important pieces. And the longer you play, I think the better of a feel you develop. And that's, uh, that's really important in my development. And I do think this year was another uh, chance to, you know, gain, gain uh, improvement in, the, in that area. Are you ready for winter weather? Fleet Farm has what you need to stay safe and warm. Pick up everything from snow throwers to tires to heaters and boots. Fleet Farm, we've got you covered. And we'll be right back with our best of sounds of the season on Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. Subscribe to the official YouTube channel of the Minnesota Vikings to get all the latest video content from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Watch segments from TV shows such as Vikings Game Plan and Vikings Connected. Catch original digital programming like The Voyage and Vikings Post Game Live. Hear from players and coaches, plus more. Visit vikings.com slash YouTube to subscribe today. The Vikings Entertainment Network takes you inside the walls of the TCO Performance Center each week via the Minnesota Vikings podcast, which features exclusive guests, including players, 
coaches, staff, and experts across the NFL. Listen to interviews, press conferences, highlights, quotes from the locker room, and much more. Subscribe on all major podcast platforms to listen. And for information, visit vikings.com slash MVP. It's game day any day. Play the new Vikings scratch game for the Minnesota Lottery with a top prize of $100,000. Are you game? Just say, I'm in. Get more details at mmlottery.com. Welcome back to the show. Now let's head straight to our best sounds of the season on Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. Ezra Cleveland, Kirk, a guy, a big guy that you're counting on to provide a lot of protection and obviously help on the run game. So I'll let you pick it up and pardon the expression, run with it, uh, because that's what you did against Green Bay all day long. Yes, Ezra, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, uh, our second-round pick rookie, who's done a tremendous job stepping in here midseason. We're asking a lot of him at guard. Um, thanks for joining the show, bud. Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, it's great to be here. So talk about getting your first start a couple weeks ago and just your learning curve right now, the process uh, that it's been as you've been thrown into the fire as of late. Yeah, I mean, um, starting at right guard and everything, it's a position that I never really – I never played in college. But um, got pra- I got uh, practice reps at it, and, you know, um, I was just, you know, trying to learn as much as possible. And when I found out I was starting, I, you know, did the usual, texted my parents and let them know so they could watch. And fortunately, my dad was actually flying out to Minnesota for the game. So he got to see um, my first start and get to see me run out of the tunnel. And uh, I was nervous at first, but once you get out there and get that first snap in and you know, you're just playing with the guys. It's just football, and you've been doing it your whole life. So you just kind of resort. Um, you just kind of go back to the basics. So there's a few things you said there that I want to run with. But first of all, talk about, you know, going from tackle. You were drafted as a tackle. That's what you played in college at Boise State. To guard, not only going into guard, but going from the left side to the right side. There's a lot of changes there. I would think the the average fan maybe doesn't understand how difficult that is, like going from left-handed to right-handed, moving from tackle to guard. Talk about that transition too. So playing on one side for so long, you develop muscles, I feel like, in your legs and stuff that you use on the left side. When you switch to the right side, um, I remember after my first practice um, playing on the right side, my, my legs were a lot more sore than normal. And that's because I was using the muscles that um, I haven't used in a while because I've been playing on one side. So just getting those muscles developed and then from tackle to guard, um, all the combinations are kind of the same. You just work with different people. But uh, the big thing is timing. Um, the three techs and two eyes are definitely a lot closer than those five techs and the, the wide nine. So you just got to be ready to uh, shoot your hands and you know, just be ready to go. Well, I think you're in a great offense, great system for you to be able to develop. I think Coach Dennison does a really good job. I think it's a really good run scheme. I think you've got great teammates on your on your right and left and Brian O'Neill and Garrett Bradbury. And I was asking them this week coming off the Packer game, you know, how you've been doing in there. And uh, we both, we all kind of joked, the three of us, about how calm you are. And I think the listener can sense just listening to you speak, how calm you are, quiet. Uh, just kind of go about your business. And that's what I've sensed from you those uh, first few games now that you've played is you're just kind of go about your business, not going to bring a lot of noise to the party, don't need to promote yourself, just want to do your job. And Brian even said that after uh, your your first quarter or two, you know, playing quite a bit, you kind of looked over at him and just said, how am I doing? You know, am I am I am I doing a good job? Am I helping you on those (laughs) on those double teams? So 
kind of talk about that playing next to Brian and the ongoing conversation you have with him. Yeah, playing next to Brian's, you know, a great time. Um, for those of you that know him, uh, he brings a lot of energy. He talks a lot, and it's the complete polar opposite of what I am. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, focus, get my job done, and do everything right. And then there's Brian next to me, like, trying to coach me up and stuff. And it's great to have a guy like that next to you. And it's fun playing next to him. These past two games have had a blast. And it's the same with Garrett as well. Um, he does a great job, you know, telling me what to do, helping me out and coaching me on the sideline when something goes wrong. So, Rosie, I'm in the huddle and there's always a constant dialogue with the linemen. You know, if we have a good run, I'm telling them, you know, hey, great run, guys. Or I'm asking Garrett, what cadence do you want here? And a lot of times Garrett or Brian will be telling me what they want without me even asking. Uh, Ezra's a little bit the opposite. You could go a quarter or two and not even realize he's there because he's just quietly doing his job. So uh, I guess that's just kind of his personality. Keeps a low profile and that's the way he likes it. But uh, he's a great athlete and he's getting the job done. After Sunday's game, uh, radio analyst Pete Bursard said, offensive linemen by nature love to go forward as opposed to backing up. And when, you have a, when you're on a roll like that with a running game, as Dalvin Cook did on Sunday, uh, when you get in the huddle, it must feel so good to have kind of assert your will. Can you take us through that entire kind of experience when you know the running game is working so well as it did against Green Bay? Uh, yeah, the energy in the huddle is definitely different when you get a big run or something. It sparks the energy, and you can feel the momentum be on your side. And then uh, you just want to get back to the line of scrimmage and keep rolling them off the ball and doing your job and just working with the buddy next to you and getting that double team down. We have a very special guest with us today. Alexander Madison has become such an important, integral part of the uh, backfield and, and this offense and what you guys are trying to uh, to improve on as the season progresses and an uh, interesting background as well. So, Kirk, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. One of the, my favorite players on the team, great teammate, great person, great player. Um, you showed it again on Sunday against the Lions. Just wanted to ask you about kind of your overall impressions and your role now in year two with the Vikings and kind of how you provide that one-two punch with Dalvin in the in the running back room. Yeah, man, it's 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 a blessing. Um, first of all, yeah, thank you for you know it's an honor to be a part of this. You know, uh, you were one of my favorite guys on the team, so <laughs> just to let you know. I, I remember the the day I got drafted, you were the first person to text me. So yeah, man. Um, Ever since then, it's been nothing but a blessing to be a part of this team. And you feel it in the locker room, I'm sure, understanding how much of an amazing team we have on and off the field, both in the in the locker room and with the coaches and the staff and everything. So, you know, just up until this point, it's been just uh, nothing but a blessing for me. And, you know, it's also been a blessing to be in a room with C.J. Ham, Dalvin Cook, yeah. Mike Boone, Amir Abdullah, and, be, and being coached. Yeah. Uh, KP. So, yeah, my role up until this point, um, I, I've come to understand, you know, I'm I'm coming in there to make sure there's no drop off from when a, a star guy like Dalvin comes out. So um, I'm just excited to go out there every single time to try and make a play and, and keep this rolling. I don't know how much the national media really understands how talented our running back room is. You mentioned the guys' names, but uh, you and Dalvin, obviously, are the ones that people know about. But but C.J. Ham, obviously, a really good fullback, went to the Pro Bowl last year and is a very versatile player for us. And Mike Boone, when he's gone in, has done great things and continues to do great things on special teams. But yesterday, you tended you started to get a lot more touches late in the game, uh, and you were bringing the hammer. You know, I, I told you after one play where you just had real body lean going forward, and you just lowered your shoulder on the safety. Uh, how impressive that was! But 
Talk about, you know, your role when you come in early in the game and then also kind of late in the game in four minute offense when we're trying to run the clock out, what, you know, what your role becomes. Yeah. So, in the, you know, earlier in the game, it's coming there with the mindset, just trying to be a playmaker, trying to make sure I execute. Um, and then really, as it gets late in the, in the game, um, like like it was yesterday, I knew, you know, the I know I'm getting the ball. The defense knows I'm getting the ball. Uh, we don't know <laughs> it's happening. So it's one of those things where I just kind of accept it. And uh, like you said, I try and deliver it and, and, and great ball security at the same time, but try and just go out there and play fast and physical. Can you talk about the, the hurdle? Uh, you've done it a few times. It's fun for me to watch. I think it's even more fun for fans to watch. Talk about kind of the strategy there or were you coached to do that? Is it something you do instinctually and and do you just kind of do it off of, of a feel of when, when you think the guy might be trying to cut at your knees and it's better to just go over the top? Yeah, so in high school, I ran high hurdles and that's mm. got established. That's where I put the put the tool in the arsenal and <laughs> it was back pocket for a little bit. And I got to college and my shins got beat up my freshman mm. and my sophomore year, I just did it in the middle of a play, just did it one time. And then ever since then, it just kind of started to click. And yeah, I just started to get the timing for guys. Yeah. I can't give away too much of my secret, but there's a, right. No, yeah. Don't do that. There's a, I'm still trying to master it to a T, but you know, there's a, it's a science behind it looking at, you know, guys, hips and everything. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's also fun for me to do as long as I land it. But yeah, it's, it's something that I use to my advantage to avoid uh, defenders going low. From camo and cat food to tools and tires, you'll find it all at Fleet Farm, your one-stop shop. Fleet Farm is the proud sponsor of Under Center. Welcome back to the show. Now let's listen in to more of our best sounds of the season on Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. Chad Beebe, and, and uh, what a story he is, Kirk. And I'll let you just take it away. Yeah, we're privileged to have Chad join us. Uh, tremendous player, tremendous teammate, tremendous person. Chad, welcome to the show. Uh, just give me your thoughts coming away from the game yesterday. Did you have a lot of family and friends reaching out to you as you left the stadium? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, Kirk and Mark, for having me. Um, it was a crazy day, to say the least. Uh, I did have a ton of family and friends, a lot of people coming out of the woodworks to uh, um, just to give, you know, congratulations and all that. But, uh, yeah, a whirlwind of emotions, that's for sure. So the touchdown pass gets uh, all the attention. Obviously, you and I come away from the game thinking of so many plays throughout the game that have an impact that lead us to that moment. But talk about the touchdown pass from your perspective. I'll say that from my perspective, I believe when we broke the huddle that you were the least likely person to get the ball. Uh, <laughs> you probably know that knowing how, how I'm supposed to read that play. Uh -huh. But uh, talk about your thoughts and what you noticed as you went through that play. Well, it's, it's funny that you said that because I was, I kind of had the same thought, you know, um, but I knew coming out of the huddle, it, it's supposed to be a clear route, right? And it's like, well, you know, still want to win on this route instead of just running uh, aimlessly. And uh, it sounds weird and maybe a little cliche, but it did kind of feel like that movie moment or uh, 
that video game moment where time slows down and you hear the heartbeat and uh it's kind of how it was for me just everything slowed down and uh just tried to win on the route and put it exactly where it needed to be um and uh, long story short we made the play happen <laughs> the, the defender i could tell watching the film and seeing the highlight that he really tried to push you out of bounds because mm-hmm. obviously once you go up in the air you know you've got to land back in the end zone otherwise it's not a touchdown so yeah. that was my biggest concern when i threw it higher to you was is he going to be able to stay in and uh you know did you have any feeling when you left the ground that hey i got to get back down here <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i did and i to be honest with you when i did go up i was like it's really just gravity at this point so i'm just <laughs> praying that we, we come down in bounds uh, luckily we did fullback cj ham and we're really pleased to have cj as part of under center with kirk cousins today cj thanks for joining us man uh i think so much of you as a player and as a person so it's great to have you on the show finally Let's start with the big play from yesterday. Uh, can you break down the touchdown for us and kind of describe to the fans what happened on the play and uh, how you were able to get in the end zone? Great, great play call, obviously. And then a uh, <laughs> great, great ball by Kirk. Um, but, you know, I was able to sneak out into the flat. Um, you know, there was a blitzer coming off the edge and he knocked me off course just a little bit, but uh, not enough. And, you know, Kirk saw me, dumped it off to me. And, you know, Adam really had a great block down the field. Uh, I was pretty much untouched until I got to the – got to the goal line and Adam held up for probably about five seconds it feels like that play felt like it was like five seconds long and I was able to get into the end zone well you're being a little modest there because uh when you caught it and you turned up field I knew we had a game I could see we had a you know we're going to be down inside the five but I thought went through my head as I'm just now a spectator watching I thought you know it's gonna be interesting to see here if CJ can get in because uh uh you know, we're going to find out how good he really is if he can get in here. And sure enough, you got in because I thought it wasn't as easy as you made it sound. That that was, for a lot of guys, that's a tackle at the two-yard line. Uh, so talk about a little bit of your, you know, finishing that play and your background as a running back and how it's probably more natural to you to be in that position than, than the average fan realizes. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, um, like you just said, I played running back uh, pretty much my whole career uh, leading up to the pros. And um, you know, in, in that position, I know we're always taught to fall forward. Um, so, you know, always put always put guys on the, on your hip and fall forward. And I've been taught that ever since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, like I said, Adam had a great block and I knew I had a little bit of a seam and kind of just propelled myself forward. And um, the guy fell, fell off my hip. Uh, tight end Tyler Coughlin, who has become uh, a favorite target of yours under the circumstances right now, and a guy whose work ethic is second to none. Yeah, uh, Tyler, it feels weird for me to call him Tyler. So I'm just going to call him Conk the whole interview because that's (laughs) what everybody in the building calls him. And we'll get to another nickname that I refer to him as well. But uh, Conk, thanks for joining us, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, yesterday, or I should say on Sunday in Tampa, you had uh, really one of your best games as a player in the NFL. Uh, now in your third year, career-high five receptions. Obviously, you had a large role going into the game with Rudy being out. Um, talk about kind of your mindset as you prepared for the game and then what you felt uh, on Sunday playing through it. Um, I mean, it was obviously just an exciting opportunity for me. Um, like you said, probably the largest role I've had in my three years. Um, like even going to the beginning of the week, knowing we're beat up, knowing that I'm going to you know, have a large role in, uh, in an important game too. Um, and I just I just tried to attack it the best I could by you know, having a good week in practice and really trying to 
hunker down and, and watch film and have the best mindset I can have going to that game. And, um, you know, I, I think it's really, it really helped. It was a week that really helped me grow so far. Yeah, that's that's the thing is when you get those reps in practice all week, you get put in that role as, as a larger contributor. It helps you grow as a player. And I've seen that growth in you over the last three years. But it's been great to, to give you that chance to take the next step, which you did on Sunday. You know, five catches, you had a big third down catch, big fourth down catch. You're doing a lot of stuff in the run game and pass protection. Um, talk about the pride you take in kind of being versatile as a tight end. So many people focus on the tight end position as route running and catching the football, which is you know, the big part of it and what guys get paid to do. But so much of the job involves run game and knowing all the different blocking combinations and pass protection rules. And many of our play passes, you don't even go out on a route and you have to pass protect the best pass rusher on the other team. So talk about the challenge that it is to have to be so versatile as a tight end. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but um, challenges are, are always fun. Uh, I think it really started for me, you know, coming into the league my senior year, I, I was split out playing basically wide receiver. And so the whole thing for me coming in was, oh, he can't block, he can't block. Um, you know, he can't put his hand in the dirt, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, from a very early start of my career, I, I really wanted to come in and prove that I could do, you know, everything that tight end needs to do. And um, obviously with the system we run, you got to be able to do that. And um, like you said, sometimes it's the best pass rusher and those aren't always the most favorable matchups, but uh you can go out there and get it done against a good pass rusher. You know, it only, only helps you build confidence and, um, you know, helps you get better and better to be that overall tight end. Yeah, no doubt. Well, when Rudy went down against Jacksonville and you stepped in, made the big catch in overtime, um, you know, we didn't miss a beat. And Sunday we didn't miss a beat at the tight end position. That's in large part because of what you were able to do. And, uh, you know, we talked earlier in the year when um, – you know, you were seeing yourself as, hey, I'm going to get limited opportunities and it's my third year and I'm I'm ready to go. I've kind of taken that next step, but I got to wait for that opportunity. And, um, you know, I've always felt that in this league, you know, the cream rises to the top. And if you're good enough, you'll get your chance. And when you do, you're going to show people what what you can do. And I think the last few weeks you've shown that uh, and it's been it's been great to see. So uh, no surprise on my end. Love having you out there. But uh uh, what was it like coming in as a rookie, kind of being able to learn from Rudy and, and now his 10 years of experience in this league and how smart of a player he is? Have you been able to kind of use that as an asset to kind of watch and learn from a guy who's done it so well for a long time? Yeah, I think you hit it right there with the, how smart of a player he is. Um, but that's something I really noticed from the get-go. Uh, well, the two things I really noticed were how smart of a player he was and um, – he was a professional, you know, being in the building early, uh, handling his business, doing the things he does off the field, and um, and then being smart. And obviously those two things kind of go hand in hand. All right, we'll be right back to look ahead to the Lions game on Sunday and to look ahead as well to the 2021 season on Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. Download the official mobile app of the Minnesota Vikings today for either your Apple or Android device. Watch game highlights, press conferences, and exclusive Vikings Entertainment Network content. Stay up to date on the latest team news and much more. Customize your app experience via push notifications so you never miss out on breaking news or fan promotions. Search for Minnesota Vikings in the app or Google Play stores. For information, it's vikings.com slash app. Well, Kirk, you do have the one game left at Detroit to finish things up. Do you expect to start? Do you want to start? Do you expect the regulars to play as much? Do you think the coaching staff will approach it that way on Sunday against the Lions? 
I, I do expect to start. I, I think that's what will happen. I don't know. I haven't talked to him specifically about their plans, but I'm going into the the week and the game with the intention to, to play and go get our, try to find a way to get our seventh win. Um, you know, there's uh, I think a lot of reason to just uh, give everything you have play to the play to the end. And uh, we only get 16 of these opportunities promised to us mm-hmm. each year. So we work so hard, you know, from January through July to, to get ready to go. And, um, and you want to really make good on every opportunity you get. In many ways, the head coach and the quarterback are linked to team success uh, and for the future for the Minnesota Vikings. That means you and Mike Zimmer, are you guys, do you feel you're on the same page when it comes to what you both want and need from the quarterback position and from this team? I do. Yeah, I think so. I think coach Zimmer, you know, has always been clear to me and uh, not that I've been perfect to deliver on it every play, play and play out, but I'm, I'm trying as best I can. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think I understand what he, what he needs from me. And, um, um, you know, every year you, you have a lot of variables that, that go into, uh, the final result. And so when the season ends, you go back, you look critically at it, you learn from it and, and then you try again. And, um, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, I, I do think that, um, you know, he's been, he's been great to me and for me and, um, made me a better quarterback. You look around that room and it's been tough. The, the absence, especially on the defensive side of the ball, looking around saying no Daniil Hunter, uh, no Michael Pierce. Anthony Barr went out early. Eric Kendricks went out with a calf injury. And you know, young players getting a chance to play, especially in the secondary, which was predetermined really during the offseason. But uh, I would think that the defense has got some heavy lifting to do. When you look at the personnel, you went with players. It's a player's league. And, and losing those guys had to really hurt. Well, you know, I, you've heard me brag about Eric Kendricks and how what I think yeah. of him, and, and so to lose him, you can imagine, is tough. Anthony Barr, much the same way. Daniel Hunter, great player, you know, weren't able to have him this year. So it did get a little shorthanded. Uh, we certainly had a rash of injuries at the defensive back positions, and, um, you know, that's that's uh, been a challenge. This league throws a lot of adversity at you, and certainly on defense there was some adversity thrown our way. Uh, I'm proud of the way so many players on our team did step up, you know, players who weren't here in camp that got brought in mid-year had to learn a new scheme and stepped up and made plays. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tall task. It's a lot to ask, but, uh, um, players have done that. And, uh, I do think that with the young players have gotten a chance to play this year, that has to bode well going forward. Uh, you know, being able to get that time on the field and that experience, I think it helps with confidence. I've seen it happen with our younger players on offense. And I think defense is the same way. So, um, you know, I'm going to look at a glass half full and understand mm-hmm. that, um, you know, when you get that experience as a young player, it does give you a lot more depth depth moving forward. Kirk, does it feel any different to having won a playoff game a year ago in New Orleans than went into San Francisco and you lost the divisional round game against the 49ers? And what happened this year? Ultimately, you didn't get to where you wanted to go. Uh, you made the playoffs. Everyone was happy. You won a playoff game last year. But when it's all said and done, does it, does it make that big of a difference? Well, you know, every year is its own entity. And so you look at teams that have, you know, made the Super Bowl and the next year they don't make the playoffs. And it it just is the way this league is. You hit the reset button every single year for better or for worse. I think some teams are thrilled to hit the reset button when you get to January, February and other teams, you know, would love to keep their run going a little longer. So every year changes, Um, you know, nobody's promised it. And uh, you just have to take each year with a fresh start. And I think that is where, the league is so great in the sense that every mm-hmm. team has a fresh start. And you also know that uh, uh, nothing's promised. Nobody's entitled to anything. You have to come back every single year and earn your way back uh, to deserve to be, you know, one of the top teams in the league. And um, I'm looking forward to that challenge when we do get a fresh start, but uh, I also do want to finish strong here with Detroit and find a way to get our seventh win. 
When you have a Dalvin Cook, as you mentioned, uh, you're going to emphasize the run as much as possible, but the emergence of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, Irv Smith Jr., uh, and, uh, and others, does the offensive philosophy, uh, you see eye-to-eye with Gary Kubiak on a sound one. How, how do you tweak that? How do those conversations even go that you're included in uh, during this offseason? Yeah, I think the run game, you know, the success we've had says a lot about the scheme. Uh, I think it's a really good scheme from that standpoint. And when you look at, uh, you know, the year that Justin had, the year that Adam had, I do think there are so many positives with the past game and the way we throw the football from a variety of, of um you know, approaches to a defense, whether that's play action or bootlegs or screens or dropbacks, quick game. Um, and I think that variety is also a strength. So um, I, I look forward to just continuing to build that continuity. Every time I step out there in the practice field, every game, you know, I'm able to get more comfortable with what Gary wants me to do and what this offense should look like. And so uh, to be able to continue building that going forward, I think is also a positive. So, and we're and not just me, but I think a guy like Justin is going to get more comfortable in this system and what his route tree looks like. And, you know, all the subtle nuances you can use to get open in this league and, and uh, we'll keep getting on the same page. So I, I kind of look forward to that challenge in the off season of just continuing to build relationships with guys. And um, um, hopefully, you know, it means that you tighten the screws down more as an offense and, and that you find a way to get those inches. Uh, the Vikings extended your contract a year ago. Uh, does that in itself motivate you even more to be a part of the solution here to get this team to where Mike Zimmer the Will family, uh, Rick Spielman, everyone else, the players in the locker room, the fans, unfortunately, we're not part of it this year, want this team and franchise to get. Yeah, I'm excited to get our fans back to U.S. Bank. Uh, that's going to be a big improvement from this year. So, uh, you know, that was, again, just another piece that made this year so unique. Um, but, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere else I'd rather be. And uh, I love the challenge of trying to find a way to uh, to win every single game. And, um um, you know, every year you, you have the challenges, you have to, you know, find a new locker room and build that same rapport and, uh, get everybody going in the same direction. And that's what the challenge is all about. And, you know, I, I've always said, I'm kind of year to year is, is how you view your career. Cause you know how quickly things can change. So, uh, you know, that you have to play at a high level every single year to earn it. And, uh, it's a privilege to be able to play here for the Vikings. And I know that I've got to do my part to be able to, uh, still have that role game in and game out. Uh, football players are creatures of habit and uh, this, you got thrown a big curveball like pretty much everybody else did with the COVID and you had to reorganize your thoughts and the way you prepare and uh, team, team activities. If it doesn't return to normal right away, uh, do you think that you're better prepared to kind of handle whatever comes at you, given what you just went through? Of course, you'd love to be back at TCO in the spring and, and, and go full bore, but we don't know if that's going to happen yet. Exactly. I think that's going to be interesting to see is what does our offseason program look like? If it's mm -hmm. virtual, uh, how much of it is virtual? If we're in person, how much of it is in person? And uh, how can we as players maybe try to, you know, make up the difference? You know, we talked about last year how we spent some days working together at a local high school, maybe try to do more of that. Yeah. Um, you know, to the degree that it's possible or recommended or, or allowed. Um, and just try to you know, take more steps. And, uh, you know, if, if we can't do it with the coaches, so I don't want to let April, May, June go by and miss out on an opportunity for our team to take another step forward. So, uh, we will have to look at that and, and it is a moving target. So we'll see where we are when we get there. Since this is our uh, final show of the season, I'll let you finish this off by have, maybe having a message to the fans, uh, because you haven't had that personal connection with them this year, right. uh, seeing a lot of faces at us bank and probably elsewhere, even out and about, uh, so I'll let you take it from here and maybe send a message to the fans. They hit their off season this year. 
Well, if the fan base had any doubt about their role and the importance they play at home, I think it's pretty obvious after our performance at home this year, the difference they can make. Um, and, and when you look back at, you know, what the record has been at U.S. Bank prior to 2020, uh, it's a tough place for visiting teams to play. So um, I look forward to seeing them again in 2021. Um, obviously, we're all disappointed uh, that we're not in the playoffs, that we're not going to be able to play, you know, meaningful January football. But um, as we said, the beauty of the NFL is that you do get to hit that reset button and come back again and, uh, and try again. And so, um, you know, we're going to focus on here on Detroit, uh, try to finish strong there and hopefully, you know, have a great game and be able to kind of build on something then uh, as we go into the offseason. And uh, I know every player in that locker room is going to be working really hard to, uh, you know, to be the best player they can be to contribute to our team success going into next year. Kirk, appreciate it very much. Thank you. Rosie, thanks for your time. Always appreciate you, and uh, I look forward when we talk again. All right. Take care, my friend. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented as always by Fleet Farm.